Hello everyone, welcome back to the FPL show, hopefully you are doing well, game week two is in the books and what a weekend it was today, it's just Dom and I, how you going Dom? Um, as a Chelsea fan, not great, not great at all. Yeah, very, very interesting weekend this weekend, whether it be results on the pitch or results through fantasy. I think the template is somewhat strong, um, there's a few players that have Pretty much hit every for everybody, but there's also been some players in there that have really, really struggled. And tonight is going to be a very, very fun episode because we've got a bit to unpack. So the same way I think I like introducing our weeks has been going through who had the worst score first. And last week it was me. I think this week it's you. Do you want to give a bit of a rundown on how your yeah, side went? It's 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 me by far. <laughs> uh, started first fixture with. Uh, is his name Matt Turner? Yeah, yeah Matt, Matt Turner. Turner. Two points, which actually was probably the only positive move I made because Pickford scored a zero. Uh, I think everyone played Matt Turner this week. So, yeah, that wasn't great. But he conceded a bomb. So Yeah, that was very unlucky. He conceded three unlucky, two screamers and a deflection this year. So, you know, what can you do? And then uh, Chilwell and Gabriel, one each. The Stupinian, 11, what a player. Uh, Blanks galore on my midfield with Rashford, Saka, and Diaby. Diaby should have had at least two. Yeah, he looked really good. He was. He looks really good. He's passing the eye test. So, yeah, not too bad. Uh, armband Saka, which happy with because he outscored Haaland. Um, so we're very happy with that move. And then a uh, Jao Pedro zero, Jackson one, and Haaland two. So, I think I only had two players that returned in my whole starting eleven. Yeah, geez. So that's um, what's that left you with yeah. overall? And a uh, and a Rico Henry five as my first sub. So Pedro and Gabriel really really hurt me. Yeah, coming on and doing nothing. So it leaves me with a poor poor score of thirty six. Yeah, and I think this is a week where you could probably get away. So the average was forty four, but that includes a lot of teams yeah. that you know are using chips yeah. and things and. You know, there's a lot of those weird managers at the moment that are in with multiple squads and everything. So I can't, I can't buy into the 44 as the average, but I think that you'd see a lot of engaged managers with a lot of low scores. I actually saw someone on Twitter had 17 and their team wasn't that bad. It was just that literally everyone didn't return for them. So, you know, and the big yeah. ones this week, I think were in Buemo and we'll get into him a little bit later, but his ownership starting to skyrocket coming off of three returns. Uh, in two games, yeah. but I'll jump onto Damo's team. And probably probably should have been more. He definitely could have been more. Just we'll touch on it after, but yeah, but yeah, let's let's hear um, the great. Yeah, man's so team. Dame's not with us tonight, and that's fine. But he managed to score fifty points and came in second uh, amongst us. So he also had Turner, Gabriel, Chilwell, and Astupinen. So that's the same back four as you, I believe. Um, his differences were, so he also captained Salah. He had Saka get three points, and we'll talk about him a little bit later on as well. And Buemo for Damo was big once again with a 16-pointer, and then he had Bruno get one, and Madison, who's got three, but with that flag is very concerning. And then he's had Haaland and Ja Pedro, and he had one point on his whole bench in the end. Pickford didn't get a point for him. Bulldog didn't play, I don't think. No. Nah. And uh, Mubama no, didn't no. come on for West Ham. And uh, Levy Colwell was the only uh, scorer on Damo's bench there with one point. But that left him with 50 points on the week and leaves him on 134 overall. Then I'll jump over to my team. So I top scored this week with 59. So got out in front by quite a little bit. Yes, that was absolutely. all off the basis of one player pretty well that I have that you two don't, but I'll get into that. So we all have the same defense that <laughs> the Turner, Chilwell, Stupin and Gabriel defense. Um, so they don't need to go on about that too much. I do have Mbwemo, Saka and Salah, just like Damo. But the main difference between Damo and I this week was that I had Matoma and he had Bruno Fernandes. So that was a big gain for me uh, with a goal and assist for Matoma. Then I had the zero from Joe Pedro. I got one from Jackson and two from Haaland. And just like you, Dom, I had a five sitting on my bench, but it was with Yudoji. So, look, if you gave me 59 at the start of the, of the week, I wouldn't have taken it. But I had 55 by the end of Saturday night, and I thought, here we go. <laughs> I was ready to unload with yeah. still Jackson and 
Saka and Chilwell and Gabriel, I thought I was going to be in for a monster score this week. 59 does feel a little bit, you know, lackluster in the end, but it's a big jump from where I was. Even though I scored more last week, I still think in this game week, I went from about 1.6 mil to 700,000. So to halve my rank, I know it's still early and we're speaking about don't go too heavy on, on rank. That's just been a nice little climber for me when I felt like I'd missed the Embuemo train. Um, and that was my – I ended up making a move. So last week we all said we were rolling our transfer. I then panicked and saw Embuemo's price looking like it was going to rise and then, you know, had made that jump from Rashford. So I've gained a lot this week off the back of that. And that's where it shows that rank doesn't matter because one move, positive or negative, can influence your rank. And for me, it influenced me positively this week, but who knows what that's going to look like moving forward. So with the teams put away, Dom, who caught your eye this week? Let's start on a positive. Oh, from my theme or in general? Just in general. Probably in Buemo. It's hard to look past him. Yeah. He probably could have easily had a hat trick as well. Yeah, 100%. The big thing with Embuemo that everyone needs to remember, though, who is looking like he's going to get another price rise, he's not going to get penalties every week. So although he's had three, yeah, he's, he's had, had two, two return, uh, two penalties, and he's had three returns. So that just needs to be something that we're mindful of because he's not going to get that all the time. So if you do bring Embuemo in and he doesn't return straight away. You got to have some level of understanding that it's not likely to continue. So that's just where I'm at with that. I'm just going to get his stats up at the moment because I would like to have a bit of a look at him. There's someone else that I want to talk about. If I can spell his name right, that'd be nice as well. So so far through the season, he's had a expected goal involvement of 2.9, um, and he's had a goal involvement of three. So you know he's been there and he's had that he's had six shots so far five of them have been on target six of them have been inside the box with an expected goal of 2.6 so he's actually bettered his xg which is funny because he's had two penalties as part of his three goals um and his the goal that he did score mm-hmm. was was a tap in so you know i think you know he was in the right place at the right time and the one thing i must say i liked about Embuemo is his minutes are fantastic at the moment he doesn't look like he's going to come off at all, and he gets that second goal in the 93rd minute, which is yep. massive. The person I want to compare that to is his teammate, Wisser, who has had 10 shots, but only five of them on target for an XG of 1.4, and he scored two goals. So I think, and the minutes aren't as great. So he's had 151 minutes, where Mbuemo has had 180 yeah, minutes. So that's sort yeah. of the difference there. So there's just some things to consider, but the eye test, and especially when those two play good sides, I like the way they set up with both of them up front. So I think... And they just go. Yeah, and they're exactly right. They counter and they play more central together in those bigger games. So I don't think they're going to be benching worry at all. What, what have you taken away from sort of Brentford at the moment? They, they're a joy to watch, that's for sure. They, they love how they just sit back and... When the time's right, they just go. And, yeah, now I think I've learnt the hard way that Rico Henry's going to get his first start after two returns, back-to-back returns, sitting on the bench. So he's earned his start. And they definitely favour that left side when they go. It'd be interesting to see Henry's his average position. Uh, yeah, I, I could... can't imagine it not being high. Yeah, look, oh, um... and, and he's played, but, sorry, he's played 90 minutes both games. Yeah, that's massive as well, I think. And that's... Minutes this season, I think, are going to be key um, overall. That's just how I'm looking at it at the moment. So um, f- I think Brentford are one of those sides where, like, Flecken could be someone who we've missed out on. Like, in preseason, didn't look great. Um, looked shaky. Yeah. But I think out of the 4.5 keeper options, Johnston, Crystal Palace are looking okay, but their fixtures mm-hmm. were always going to be tough, and we knew that. But yeah. I think... He might have got it wrong with Fleck, and I think we should have backed in Brentford because yeah. of the fixtures were there that they would have got it right versus Pickford. And we're going to talk about goal. I want to bring up the goalkeeper discussion a little bit later, um, but we'll go. We'll leave it at that for now. But Brentford definitely a team to target. Wisser and Embuemo. I think if you can find a way to get to either of them, 
you're going to be absolutely laughing, I think. Yeah, agreed. And someone else I really liked, he didn't get a return. Oh, he did get a return because they kept a clean sheet. It was uh, Luca Dean. Yep. I don't know if you watched that game as well. Yep, I watched that one. He was brilliant down that left side. I know they only played Everton, who were horrific, which we can touch on in the 4.5 keeper discussion. But um, everything was going down Digne's side. Yeah, I think the concern is how long-term is that going to be? Because yeah. the problem we've got is Alex Moreno is probably going to come back in at some point and be the number one. And I think he's close to coming back from an injury. Um, Aston Villa are another side, I think, just how good how good are they? Like, they're just absolutely flying. And I think that we mm. said the Newcastle game was going to be a bit of an anomaly for them. And, yeah. you know, when we're looking at players, you know, to bring in and, you know, we've seen the threat of Diaby, um, I'm going to put a little bit of a discussion to you though because I don't know why he's not coming up on this sheet. So what I've done is I've put the um, the best options. Oh, it's because I've only got 10 results there. So I've filtered down the 6.5 mids because I want to have a quick chat about them before I, I jump into who's caught my eye. Um because I really love this midfielder bracket sort of discussion. So I've got it set from 5.5 to 7 mil midfielders, and I've got it filtered by shots so that we can get an idea of who's been creating opportunities or who's been at the end of opportunities because end of the day, I'm very data-driven. I want to know who's getting chances and who is also delivering on said chances. So when I have these filters set up, and I think I've absolutely butchered it by clicking the wrong button, number one of that list actually really surprised me, and it's a player who was in most of my drafts, and it's Eze. So through two games, Eze has taken 12 shots already, and his total points, like fantasy points, is five through two games. And that's because of... Because of a clean sheet, I think. Yeah, they, they had the clean sheet in the first and, game and then he got two this morning. Yeah. You want to know how many of those 12 shots have been on target, though? None. One. Yeah. So the XG for Eze is 0.24. From 12 shots, he's telling me he's taken a lot of shots from outside the box. He's actually had half of his shots from inside the box. So Jeez. it's telling me that Palace are versing a lot of stacked defences that are, you know, he's having to shoot through bodies and things like that. So I'm not saying go and buy Eze. His expected assist, though, is the highest on the top 10 for the shots. So he's got the combination of high expected assist and a high volume of shots. So I think there's going to be a point where the data turns around for Eze and the returns start coming. So from a data perspective, He's looking really good. His expected points are 9.5 and he's got five. So he's really underperforming his data. Funnily enough, also about to drop in price. Yep. So when there's this world of chasing price rises, Eze could be mm-hmm. someone worth just not picking up this week because I think Palace do have a tough fixture from memory. I don't think it's easy this week. But then I think moving forward, they have, let me just get his they have, uh, they're away at Brentford. So, yeah. yeah, so that's not an ideal fixture to target. But then he goes Wolves, Villa, Fulham, Man United, Forest, Newcastle, Spurs. So it's a bit of a up and down type of run for yeah. for Crystal Palace. If you got him, you're benching him a couple of times in that. Yeah, but at run. least you know he's going to be around the ball and he's going to be the main player for Crystal Palace. It's just that they haven't scored many goals yet. So if they start converting chances with an XA of 0.77, that's really strong. That is really high, so I'd keep my eye out on Eze. The next couple players have had eight shots so far, and it's Bowen and it's Sully March. So when you think about those 6.5 midfielders that everyone's targeting, they're three guys that, well, Eze was one that was heavily targeted, but Bowen and March weren't at all heavily targeted in that bracket. So it's just I'm just trying to put the argument there that Matomas and Embuemos, although they've had their returns, their returns have come from less service. So I'm just trying to yeah. convince people there to think a bit outside the box, especially with Solly March. I know you were really bullish on March in the, yeah. the off-season. Oh, God. Don't, don't, don't want to go there. Yeah. So he's returned with Had 24 him. points yeah. so far. And statistically, I can't even find where is 
Matoma. So Matoma's not had a lot of shots at all. He probably didn't have any shots. Yeah, here we go. Matoma so far has had two shots the whole season, but returned for 17 points. So that's just, you know, and Solly March has had eight shots. So we're not... You can see what the weather play's gone. Yeah, exactly. But Matoma's more the, the creative threat anyway. So it's mm-hmm. just looking at the data... There's some real interesting things. And if you don't have Fantasy Football Hub or Fantasy Football Scout, I do really recommend it. Now, I'm not saying that you go and make your decisions purely based off of data, but I think there's a world where you can use what you see with the eye test and what the numbers tell you to make an informed decision on on what you want to do. Yeah, we're getting towards that point where eye tests are... Yeah, because there's not enough data yet. There's not enough... You know, yeah. I'd normally give it five weeks and then you've got a, a reasonable sample size. Then you go data. So, yeah, that's why we say watch as much as football as you can. Exactly right. So, speaking of that, I've spent a lot of time watching um, one particular team this week and I'll get on to what the move's going to be later in the episode. But the player that's caught my eye so far has been Julian Alvarez. And what's caught my eye is more about his minutes than anything. Um, he has looked very, very, very solid. Or Manchester City. I'm just going to pull his data up just for the sake of you know having his data. So he's played the 180 minutes so far, which means he's played 90 in both games. He's had two shots on target. He scored one goal and he's had an XA of 0.38. So from a data perspective, doesn't you know scream home? Doesn't shout home? You're not writing home about Julian Alvarez, but. If the minutes are there, the chances are going to be there and their run is absolutely stupid at the moment. So they've got Sheffield United away, Fulham at home, West Ham away, Forest at home, Wolves away, Arsenal away in the next six. That is, if you can hit the right Man City assets, you could absolutely set up your season. Jeepers. What have you thought about City so jeepers, far? Jeepers, jeepers. Uh, the city, city just looked like City. Like, I think they did it pretty easy against Newcastle. Yeah, which says a lot because considering how good Newcastle were, um, I just don't see anyone getting close to them. I think they're going to score goals, and we are absolutely. Lo- I think you're going to see more clean sheets because we have a guy we had two massive fans on, and that's uh, Josko Gvardiol. Yeah. And last year, so I think those. Yeah, you're going to. They're not going to concede. We, they were. They had a. I mentioned to you one point. Where uh, Rodri messed up in the middle, and there was a three-on-one against Radio, and he just mopped yeah. it up. And I think it's going to be a different kind of city. With yeah. City last so, year, they were actually really unlucky to concede as much as they did as well. Like they yeah, had really yeah. low expected goals conceded, but would just concede a dumb shot from twenty-five yards out, or Edison would do something stupid, or they were up four-nil. Yeah, and they switch off eighty-fifth minute. Someone scores, but I think Pep. Has a uh, would have cancelled that out. Have they conceded yet this year? Uh, no, two clean sheets in the league. So Burnley and Newcastle. Two clean sheets. Yeah, yeah with uh, with that ridiculous run coming yeah. up. So I yeah. think it's time to to target City if you feel like taking the risk on. Again, the the next player there is Phil Foden. So he's in line, I think, for a price rise from memory. I. I think people are starting to transfer him in now. But even at 7.6, regardless of if he gets the price rise, he's at 86.08 at the moment. So come the deadline, I think he'll be up around the the uh, price rise. He's still value. So, at yes. 7.6 million, he's had six shots, two on target. He hasn't scored a goal yet, but he's had a he's got a 0.65 expected goal. Oh, he put he put two Blind on a play. Any other day, Hallen scores. Hallen scores. In. Yeah, exactly right. And he, Easy. his big Easy. thing is he's got a point eight one expected assist. He's got one assist already, um, and that came. Did he play the ball for Alvarez? Yeah, he did. I think he got a return this week, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he played got three yeah. points last week. Yeah. He played the ball for Alvarez, and Alvarez, yeah. albeit it was a great strike. But Foden in that 10 role, whilst De Bruyne's injured, I think we need to make the most of Foden whilst De Bruyne's out. The concern is Jeremy Doku comes in. Bernardo Silva was sick. Bernardo's just found a way to always be in the team, but he doesn't provide much from a fantasy perspective. So it is a buy and beware. 
Like, I really like Phil Foden. I love him as a player, but you've got to be willing to take the odd benching here and there to go with the creativity and the class that comes about with Phil Foden. Yep. Agreed. I think Alrighty. if you're going City... Anyway, hey, sorry. They're about to sign Jeremy Doku, so that's another attacker. So... Yeah, and it's, it's a pure right winger who it goes against the model because last year the shape was a bit different where Grealish didn't hug the line and they had the overlap on the left where against Newcastle, Kyle Walker was very, very high and wide on the right-hand side because they, didn't, they don't have a right winger in there at the moment. I can't even remember who started out there on the weekend because I think Alvarez played Bernardo? up front. No, he didn't play. Um, Could have been anyone. Uh, Cole Palmer? No, no. I'll get it up now. But um, So it's interesting to see if Doku comes in, does Grealish sort of get to slide in a bit more? So technically Foden apparently started on the right, but then he drifted really inside, which gave Walker that space. Yep. I don't see Doku doing the same job no, he's a on that wing. Winger, winger. So. We'll see. It's just we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Man City. But, you know, if you can pick the right asset, and I don't think it's Grealish anymore. I did think Grealish was an option, but he just doesn't do much <laughs> anymore. Like, he just yeah. floats around and Does eats the odd person. But, you know, it is what it is with, with Jack Grealish. Yeah. So, was there I anyone don't... else you want to talk about? I've got someone that I want to pose a question nah, to. Nah, you go. I've done the past couple. All right. So, mine is what do people do with Nicholas Jackson? We started with him for this reason. So we said we will take whatever we get from him come you know, game week three, but the run is too good to not have him in the side. Yeah, I'll give you the little data rundown. So he's got two points on the board. He has a 1.14 expected goal with no return. He's had six shots with only two of them on target so far, but all six of them have been inside the box. As a Chelsea fan, what's your thoughts been on him from a playing perspective first? Uh, you can go first. I th- I love what I see from Jackson. Yeah, okay. He looks like a pure striker for me. He's he's in the box. He's attacking chances. Chilwell, Sterling, they're creating plenty for him around the six-yard box. I see a world where things turn in a positive way way for him when I'm looking at expected goals and again it's only through two weeks there's some really funky names on this list that have higher expected goals but it comes back to sort of the games that that have happened so there's Odson Edward who's got a 1.64 xg then there's Morpay who through limited minutes has actually had five shots and they've got a 1.5 then there's Visser Isaac Wilson, Jao Pedro, then Nicholas Jackson. So he is quite high up there for the expected goals. And he's had six shots, which puts him around fifth. So I just think he's not been – it's just one of those ones where we're speaking about Eze, how Eze hasn't had the luck. I think Jackson hasn't had that luck so far. He's had a big chance. He missed against West Ham. A cutback just didn't fall to him properly. And he missed a sitter against Liverpool. If he got even one of those goals, we're not even talking about him at all in a negative oh, and way. He's probably had probably, probably has two two price rises. Yeah. So I'm happy that I've started with him. If I don't see a return come the end of that Forest game, so he goes Luton and Forest both at home, then I'll start to get edgy. But at the moment, I'm happy with having Jackson. Yeah, agree. I think he passed it. Going back to the eye test discussion, I think he definitely passes the eye test. Yeah. Um. Yeah, don't think if you got him, don't worry. Yeah, so from a Chelsea sort of attacking perspective, do you think there's going to be any issues with them creatively? Uh, no, nah. I think they're going to make some changes. I think you'll see Madwerky and Woodrick come in, which is, you know, probably what he needs, two pure wingmen, um, especially the injury to Chukwuma Mena. It did look not bad, but I think you'll see one of Madwerky or Woodrick come in, which will affect him positively. And I think yeah, that will come good. Look, I think if Enzo scores that penalty, that game is a very different game. Yeah. So I think people are just a bit overreacting with how much money they've spent, which is fair enough. It's how the world is at the moment. Yeah. And that's, but I think, yeah. that's what happens. So, look, I think for Jackson owners, 
definitely it's a hold for people that need a striker. It's a funny landscape at the moment, especially with João Pedro being no one knows. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing. And I think at least with Jackson, you know, you've got the locked in number nine for pretty much the season at Chelsea, who's going to be a team that are going to create chances. Yeah. So definitely hold. But it's a it's a watch and see. I think people are going to be a bit anxious missing out on the Luton fixture, but I think there's too many things happening this week that if you've got Jackson, you're going to have to hold him. If you're a Pedro owner with money in the bank, though, I don't know if it's a cut and dried, you go straight to Jackson because I think Wissa is proving that he could be just as good. So you've got a bit of a discussion there. It's Or if you can't get the money to Jackson because it's still another point nine on top of Wissa to get to Jackson. So it might be hands tied. The big discussion I want to have with you, Dom, is Arsenal defence because us being in Australia (laughs) has kind of... Really killed us here because if we had that knowledge that, you know, a lot of the European player base had, we probably wouldn't have started with Gabriel. Now, it's a a nine-point swing and it hurts big time because Saliba got two bonus points this morning as well. And if we knew that Saliba was starting, we probably would have... It's, It's easy to say in hindsight because everyone went from Gabriel to Saliba, but I still think I would have gone to Saliba because I backed in the Arsenal defence. And the one thing you can't predict is the assist for the Saka goal, and it's a five-yard square ball that Saka puts in from 20 yards out. It's not a likely assist, but it happens. So then the clean sheet is what we're predicting from Gabriel. So Saliba's had a price rise, which was really frustrating because everyone made that move last week. Whereas I made, you know, the Rashford turn Bremo move. We all own Gabriel. And that includes Damo. Now I haven't spoken to Damo. Actually, no, I have spoken to Damo about his, and he's made his move. So I'm sure he's not going to mind me talking about it because he's locked in. Damo went from Gabriel down to Botman so that he could have some extra funds in the bank. What are you planning on doing with Gabriel this week? He, I was some, for some reason awake at 3 a.m. this morning. Uh, seeing that he wasn't starting and had transferred him out for Destiny Udogi. Beat the price drop. And poor, now I don't know if I regret it with Tommy Asu's red card, but I don't know. I don't know what's happening with Gabriel. Rumours of him leaving, you know, but then you've got to think someone starts 74 games straight for someone and just doesn't start two in a row when there's been an ACL, you know. I don't know. Yeah, and it just gets you thinking. Yeah, and that's it for me as well. It's There's been a clear change in something at Arsenal because he has been such a locked-in player and all of a sudden he doesn't fit the mould. And for me, he's a, a victim of the change of play for Arsenal. So because he's that, left, that left-footed, pure left-sided centre-back, he's actually now competing with Saliba. And that's the concern where last year Saliba was playing on the right. Ben White was playing as the right the right back, who was actually getting really high last year too. And now Ben White's now shifted into the right centre-back role and Saliba's slotted into that left centre-back role. That is going to be Arsenal's defence for the next five years minimum. Like yeah. As it's centre-back pairing, that's not going to yeah, change. Yeah. Gabriel can't play the, the left wing-back role the way that Timber and Tomiyasu could or Zinchenko or Kirantini can. So I've got Udoji. I've had Udoji from the start and it wasn't for this reason. <laughs> I've had Udoji the same way you've had Rico Henry, you know. Yeah. So so I could plug him in. I wanted Udoji from game week three, but that was more to actually be the backup for Estupinen because Estupinen's fixtures also change. I'm going to have to ride a stupid now, which is fine because he's hauled twice and well, Brighton haven't kept a clean sheet. Yeah, and Brighton haven't kept a clean sheet anyway and he's looking really good going forward. So that's fine. For me, I've spoken about, obviously I made a move last week. I really was praying that with the timber injury, 
that we saw Gabriel come back into the team and that Arteta maybe abandons this system that they played against Nottingham Forest because I heard in the presser it was the way they wanted to play against Nottingham Forest. The fact that we saw Thomas Party in it right back, they were then inverted uh, as well, which then created the, the back sort of the weird sort of shape that they've got. I don't see them not playing an out-and-out left back because they don't have anyone on the right-hand side that's helping Saka out. And I think this system is actually going to hurt Saka a lot more than we think because he's not going to yeah. get the overlap. He's going to be a bit like Salah. He's going to be a bit stranded out on that right wing by himself, I think. But we'll get to that conversation a bit later as well. So Arsenal defence, if you're going there... The problem there is Ben White's 5.5 million. I'm not prepared to pay 5.5 for Ben White. Yeah. I could have bitten the bullet and paid the extra 0.1 and, and locked Saliba away. But what I have done is I've gone and locked in Josko Vardiol. So today I went and rewatched the Man City am. game because I just wanted to look and see what the positioning was to get my head around. It's from the Newcastle game. To get my head around, where's he going to play? What's, what's the actual system? So what I've taken out of my team... He's probably a bit of goal threat because Gabriel, when he's on the pitch, is a goal threat from set pieces and corners and, and free kicks. Oh, yeah. Part of the reason why I went him over Saliba. Anyway, with Vardiol, he is going to be purely at the base of this Man City team. Him and Ruben Diaz were side by side, defending as a two. I don't know what his goal threat's going to be like from the corners. I didn't really take much notice of their attacking set pieces this morning. But when it comes to expected minutes, I think for five million, I don't think there's going to be a left centre back, which is although he's starting at left back, his role is left centre back because Akanji was starting as a centre back but stepping into midfield. So their back three got created a bit different. Well, there's not even a back three. Man City's is a back two. So they had Walker bombing down on one wing. Then they had Akanji stepping out of centre back into midfield. And Vardiol was the left back, would then step next to Diaz as the centre back. So I just can't see a world where Ake plays that left back role, steps into centre back. Because what we saw last year with Ake was that he was actually quite high and he was putting balls into the box and he was taking shots and he was more aggressive. So unless they want to put Rico mm. Lewis on the right and he drifts in, I don't know. I just think you spend what they spend 80 million no, on Vardiol. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, he's yeah. starting every game. And especially the way he started has been brilliant. Even when he came on against Burnley, he looked really good. He played 11 minutes against Burnley, but then he played 90 in the Super Cup, and then he's played 90 against Newcastle. In the short term, I'm happy to ride Vardiol. I think the good thing with Vardiol is I don't really – I know he came on for 11 minutes against Burnley, but that was his debut. I don't see him being the type yeah. of player that if he doesn't start, he's not going to come on. So – that's part of the reasoning as well. But I think for $5 million to get a crack at Sheffield, Fulham, West Ham, Forest and Wolves, I think it's worth the risk for me. When my other defender is Bayer as well, who now does actually come back and play, or Jao Pedro potentially off the bench at the moment. So I've gone with Vardiol just on the pure I want a Man City defender. I could have done the Botman. I could have done Rico Henry and spent the 4.6 on Rico Henry. But I've actually gone and I'm chasing a clean sheet guy here because the rest of my defense yeah. is attacking, pure attacking. It's Chilwell, Stupin, and Yudoji. I don't know when the next clean sheet's coming between those guys, but I'm banking on assists and goals. So I wanted a Man City defender to at least try and lock in a clean sheet. Yeah, I think, and I think, yeah, like we said, more that clean sheet. You definitely see more clean yeah. sheets this year. And with how much they get on the ball, you know, if they win one nil, two nil, Haaland doesn't return. You yeah, could and especially with the way that they play. And look, I was really tempted by Akanji, really tempted by Akanji, because mm. there'll be a bonus yeah, point and machine. He was stepping into the midfield. He was taking shots. He's hanging around. He's taking that exactly right. Looks like. But that's what I'm worried about. So the issue is whose spot is that? Is it Stones's? Is it Akanji's? I think so. That's their right centre back. If I'm thinking of on paper, it might be the left centre back uh, on paper. Sorry, it's the left centre back on paper. That role, Akanji's heat map is literally a rectangle. So he covers the width of both 18 yard boxes. 
and he is just a class player. If I knew that he had the locked-in role, he's, he's worth the point one more over Vardiol because you get that extra bit of on the ball, closer to goal. Seen it. He hasn't actually hasn't scored a Premier League goal, but he looks like he's going to. So I could see the risk in Akanji, but I do think that role's not sustainable, and I don't see him playing as a lockdown centre-back with Vardio and Diaz. That's what my mind kept coming back to was who are the actual yeah. best out-and-out one-on-one defenders? It's Diaz and it's Vardio. So I've taken the punt on Vardio. We'll see if it pays off. Sometimes you've got to take a risk. So yeah. that's where I'm at. And that's you have to. frustrated me that I've had to make a move this week because I really didn't want to have to because I want to start banking my moves up just so I've got something up my sleeve. But it doesn't matter. It is what it is. We've made the move now. And I think yeah, I like the it. last little point we need to touch on before we look at any questions is what are we going to do with Jao Pedro? So everyone knows that we've made moves this week. So do you want to just run through what your moves were this week? Because you've made more than one. Uh, well, I banked the train. Already made Gabriel to Adoji and Salah down to Mbwemo. But you weren't, you'll probably see Salah on my team when the, run, when the fixture gets better. Yeah, so for Liverpool, it's a bit interesting at the moment. So we go Newcastle away, then it's Villa at home, Wolves away, West Ham home, Spurs away, Brighton away, Everton at home. There's a good run here where it's Everton home, Forest home, Luton away. And then you've got a ride sort of – that's around the wild card. So we'll probably get back around talking about Liverpool then. Salah's just not – it for me at the moment when it comes to value for money. So he's returned. I'm worried he'll come off penalties, but I think nah, I don't need to get rid of him though. Like when I look at my team, I'm actually very, very happy in the position that I'm in. Matoma, I'm very lucky that I got the returns I got from him, but I think he's just going to get better and better as it goes on. But Salah, like if I could have had Luis Diaz, and I told I, I was saying about starting with Luis Diaz so much in the preseason before oh, we, yeah. I got back from holiday. He, if I'd started with him at seven point five, that would have been ballsy that move because we didn't know if he was locked in a hundred percent. But the flexibility that I could have had with the rest of my team would have been unbelievable. Like, the only thing I'm a bit annoyed with at my team is my bench depth. I can't rotate a lot off my bench. I've got Elliot Anderson sitting there as a 4.5 mid and I've got Bayer there as a 4 million defender. So all the stuff I'm actually doing is about fixing my bench up so I've got options. So my starting 11 is fine. I don't have to worry about my starting 11, but if injuries start to pile up, I'm in trouble. So that's what I want to try and roll for the next couple of weeks, hopefully, so I can always have two moves and we can start making moves that way. So I've got one million or two point five in the bank. You've got well, you've got four something sitting there. No, I've got like six, six four. Yeah. So I think this year so, depth yeah. is going to be key, and there's going to be weeks where we get it wrong, and you're going to have points on your bench. But yeah, I I don't I think that's the way I'm going to go moving forward. I don't like looking at Bayer and Anderson <laughs> sitting there as two options on the bench that are extremely cheap. So, before we get into the questions, Gia Pedro. So, I'm going to hold him because I have to because I'm not taking hits this year. I'm not doing that. Last year, it absolutely killed me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's sitting on my bench currently this week. Snap. And that's only because I actually like the rest of my fixtures, including Salah against Newcastle because Newcastle have conceded in both games, albeit they've only conceded one. Everyone else has good fixtures. So I'm going to, if Pedro starts and he does well, then awesome. Because even against Newcastle's and Man United, I think Brighton are almost a fixture-proof attack as long as they're playing, <laughs> if that makes sense. So Matoma, yeah. initially for me, was a three-week punt. Brighton looked that good that he's just going to stay with me until my wild card probably because there's no need for me to get rid of him. So I think with Brighton, we're just going to accept that we've got a 5.5 million striker playing in our team. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're going to just come to agree, come to accept he's 5.5 million. You get yeah. what you're And for. for me, it might mean... I think he just, yeah, we just got spoiled that first Yeah, game. exactly. 70 minutes, a penalty. Like, that was the perfect opportunity for Joe Pedro. It's probably more frustrating yeah. he got benched because the return was there and mm. I didn't watch the first half and I yeah. heard he missed a sitter. So 
I think there's going to be a point where Deserby goes Danny Welbeck. Well, we know Danny Welbeck. He's not going to stay fit. So yeah. we know that that's going to happen. <laughs> it's whether Ferguson or Pedro go up front. We saw Pedro play in the 10. When he, Pedro came on this week, he went up front. So it's evolving. It's changing. It's He's a new player in the system where everyone else is established in that system. So we just got to be a bit patient here. Having him on the bench worries me this week. I'm not going to lie because he could easily start against West Ham and he could do very, very, very well. Yeah, that'd be very frustrating. But as a Where first, playing as well. At home. Oh, no, they're not playing. No, Chelsea's looting the first game. I was going to say, if we get that early. Yeah, the news. Yeah, there's leaks. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we've made our moves early again. I know we don't like making our moves early. At the start of FPL, you've got to make your moves early because everyone yeah. else does and you've got to stay with the curve. If you've got two transfers this week and literally nothing else to do, then go and upgrade him. But yeah. for me, 5.5, let's just hold on to him right now, not panic. You know, it's disappointing because I think what adds to the disappointment is that Brighton scored four goals and dominated in the first half against. Did they win 4 1 or 5 1? I can't remember. 4 1. They dominated. But he also got half yep. an hour. And Damo mentioned this last week. Pedro could be the type of player who comes on for half an hour and gets you a return. So yeah. there's going to be days where that happens too. So don't panic on Joe Pedro. I'm more than happy to ride him to my wild card probably as much as I don't want to. I think fixing up someone like Salah is more of a priority for me and getting the funds in. But then when you look at the striker options to bring in, other than really, like I can bring up that data again, other than Wissa and um, Alvarez, there's not any strikers. I'm going to go up to the 8 million range, Dom, and I'm going to tell you. So I'll tell you from shots first. So who's having shots at the moment from this price range? Because this is realistically what we're looking for. From a striker, that's 5 million to 8 million because there's no one else really past 8 million, is there? I don't think. Bar Haaland. No, I don't think yeah. so. So I've got the top 10 here for Not shots. You've got Wisser in at number one with 10, with Odson Edward with 10 shots, and Edward's played all the minutes. Edward's only scored one goal with an XG of 1.6, which, same thing. He's had um, four shots on target, and all 10 of his shots, this is Edward, have been inside the box. So if you want a safe 5.5, you can move sideways to Odson Edward and just go, at least he's going to play. Then you've got Danny Welbeck yeah, here with six yeah. shots and only two of those six have been on target. Then you've got Nicholas Jackson. Then you've got Mateus Cunha who's had six shots as well. But then the players that have returned, you've got Eddie Nketcher at 5.5 with one goal and an assist because he won the penalty this morning. And then you've got Dominic Solanke in at 6.5. Then you've got Morpay and Callum Wilson. So... That, and him. Exactly. So it's do you who are you going to go to that's going to be any better? And it's like even like an Isaac isn't on the top ten for shots like shots taken. So that's how I look at it at the moment. Is and that includes there's no Alvarez there. Alvarez has had four shots in um, his 180 minutes too. So no one's established themselves in that cheap bracket where I think the better play. I think midfield's the play. I think slowly I want to get my team back into a 3-5-2 and I need to work Anderson out of my team because there's going to be a world and I've got a video that's coming out tomorrow um, as well where the 6.5 million midfield bracket, I want to attack that as much as possible because that's the section where we've seen the, the best value for return. So between Embuemo, Matoma, Soli March, Diaby, if you started with that midfield... You're going to be doing much better than anyone that started with Rashford, Fernandez, Saka, Martinelli. Saka, Martinelli, yep. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's thinking outside the box, and I know it's only two weeks, but when we're talking about eye test, it's like the returns, those 6.5 guys are all good footballers. We're not, you're not taking on even 0.5 less. It's not a Morgan Gibbs White. You're talking about attackers in good teams that have the attacking data teams. to, yeah, attacking teams. They're nailed, like all, all of those guys, Solly March comes off early here and there, but they're all nailed. You don't have to worry yeah. about them not playing. 
So that's the way I'm going to start trying to move my team. And it's not going to be my whole team's going to be full of 6.5s. You might have a Phil Foden in there as part of your five. But if you've got four midfielders that are Embuemo Matoma, March, even, if you want to double up on Brighton, that's probably the better Brighton double up than the Matoma Gia Pedro for the extra million. Oh, yeah. So that's just the thought process I've got. So I think for now, you hold Gia Pedro, but I think long term, you want. I think Jackson, I think I really do think that the best two right here, right now to have up front is Harlan and Jackson. Yeah. Because you're getting guaranteed yeah. minutes. Jackson hasn't returned, but I think that's what we're looking for. Run. The runs there, the opportunities there. Again, he's going to return at some point. So 100%. the reason I brought that up. And I think it might be this week. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the reason I brought up the Bajao Pedro stuff was because Dim asked us, for those who already tripled up on Arsenal players, are we forced to bring in Wissa to avoid the Jao Pedro drop? So what Dim's implying there is that you can't go to Eddie Inketcher, is what I'm assuming, because they're mm. the same price. I wouldn't go anyway. Look, I wouldn't go to Inketcher. Anyway. I'll let you talk about your no, views on Inketcher so. before I, I sum that up. Yeah, I just don't think that you need someone with job security. Um, and I don't think Arsenal. What's the XG over two games? I don't think it's that high. Well, I won't be able to get the whole team's what, XG really up. But, um, can you get Enkedi's? Because I know his goal wasn't high at all. Yeah, Enkedi's overall XG is 0.82. Two games. Yeah, he had six shots and only one of them had been on target, and he scored a goal. That was the goal, which was a deflection, so it could have gone anywhere. Yeah. I think, yeah, no, I don't think you should be going looking at Nketiah. I think you go... What's the timeline on Jesus? Saka and a defender. Uh, it's not massive. I think maybe after the... International break? Uh, yeah. Yes, give me one So moment. I wouldn't be going near Nketiah for the same reason. I feel like you just... You're band-aid solutioning over the top there, which is why I really like the rest of your question there, Dim, because I think yeah. for point... So... He, well, what you'd have to pay? You'd have to pay 0.6 to get to Wissa at the moment. If you could make 0.6 happen and get Jao Pedro up to the 6.1 of Wissa, I think you'd do that. I think that is the closest safe bet you can get to. Depending on what you've got in your bank, I think this is the time now to take a punt on Julian Alvarez as well. Yep. And I wouldn't be bringing in anyone else other than those two unless you can get up to Jackson. So I think really you've got option one is one of Wisser or Alvarez and then option two is you just go straight to Jackson. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I like, I like the Alvarez one. Yeah, with the Alvarez, I think he's just he's going to be a combination of good XA and good XG because he'll play enough of those slip balls in for Haaland that will send him one-on-one. So although he's not the like he's not a creative mm. creator, he's under ten. No. The way that they play just but, forces players to have to feed him the ball. And he's a brilliant yeah. finisher. Oh my his god, goal was, his goal was bloody nice, wasn't it? All right, yeah. So give him a half chance, yeah. and he's going to bury it. And the last right. question we've got here is from Russo, and this is what I wanted to get into a little bit before we wrap up tonight. Does he drop Pickford or give him a few more games? I was thinking this. If Gabriel, this Gabriel scenario wasn't going on, I might consider it because they are yeah. terrific. I know you might get some saves. Did he get uh, any save points? No, because you needed to saves. make three saves, yes. I think. Uh, he did. Yes, he did against Villa. But oh, he counted it four, out. So. Jeez. Oh, yeah, he made three saves. Yep. Look, uh, we all know Jordan Pickford they got is a wo- good goalkeeper. Yeah. They've got Wolves and Sheffield coming so, up. Yes. He's the the thing with one. Pickford is he goes, you're right, Wolf Sheffield, and in game week five, Matt Turner gets Burnley at home. So we're going to sub him out for Arsenal. Then he gets Brentford away. That's not ideal. Who does Matt Turner, uh, who does Matt Turner have? have game week there? six. Yeah, who's he play for? Yeah. Dottingham Forest. Uh, he has uh, Man City right, away. So we're going to have to ride the Brentford away, and that might be that he gets a one-pointer there. Then he goes, or you just, or that's the week you make your trade. I really don't like spending trades on goalkeepers. Like I think there's going to be enough other no. things to do that if it means I cop yeah. one bad week. Ah. Look, and Buemo yeah. might but take. If you want, you want something, and he it. might miss. You know what I mean? So who knows? Nah. 
that's a lot to bank on. I think with... you still want you don't want your, you don't want a one pointer from your keeper every single week. I think it, if it gets to game week six and you've not, not seen any return from your keeper in five weeks, okay. then move. It's and it's an I easy understand move. that, but the other the reason I want to keep him is because in game week nine, when he plays Liverpool, Matt Turner gets Luton at home. So I think the rotation okay. is good enough to get us to yeah. game week eleven. Which is what is the game week that everyone's talking about wild carding already? So there's enough there because if Pickford plays Wolves, Sheffield United, Brentford, Luton, Bournemouth, subby out, West Ham, and then wild card, there's enough there. It's just how, what does Dice do with this team? That's the question. So yeah. Dice's teams always come good. He's never had a yeah. a diabolical team. So. That's, yeah. he'll, he'll yeah, sort of I'd that. agree with that. So, look, I would hold. Okay, give it a, give it a few more yeah, weeks. I'd least. hold for now. And the, the options aren't great. I think Flecken's the only one that I'd really target without looking at all the fixtures and doing it properly. Well, from game week five, when the run goes badly for Pickford. It's actually pretty good for so Brentford. Bar Newcastle. You could go to a Leno. I wouldn't go near Fulham. I think out of the 4.5s, it's Sanchez or it's Flecken. They're your two. Yeah, Robert Sanchez. Or you push yeah. up to Onana. I think they're the only – and I don't, even, I don't even like that as a move, to be honest. Even – what's Pope? I don't even know what Pope's priced at. Nah, don't even worry. He's too expensive. Yeah, he, I think he's a five yeah. and he probably so got up. I think goalkeepers, we just deal with it on the wild card and, and we go from there. So, yeah. there's a lot right. happening this week once again. It's been – a big, big week. Hopefully, you guys have, you know, that continued success. Thank you so much for all your support as well. Make sure if you haven't already, I do leave the, or if you're new to the podcast, I do leave the code to our Classic League in the description there. Dom, do you have anything that you want to say before you wrap up? Uh, hopefully, my week's a bit better next week, um, which I think it will be. And, yeah, just all the best and enjoy the football watching. That's the main thing at the end yeah, of the I day. Think- I don't think yours can get much worse. No, no, so the only way is up. But yeah, just enjoy the football watching. Fantasy adds to it, but yeah, at the end of the day, we watch it because we love the sport. So that's the main thing. Exactly right. So make sure you follow us over at FPL Dopata on uh, Twitter as well, or X, whatever the hell they want to call it now, to make sure you see everything that's happening over there. Hopefully very soon we'll be back up and running on the YouTube. There's just a few things we need to sort out before that happens. Um, but it's a very, very exciting time and I have loved all of your company and your comments and all the the positivity that's coming around the podcast as well. So, Dom, thank you once again for your time and we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Hopefully, we can lock this time in now because this is where we really want to be recording, but we'll see you guys next Tuesday, hopefully with Damo back as well, ready to go through all the fun of Game Week 3. Thank you.